Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Dave. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good things. So, Craig, what's your good thing? Um, so, I don't know if you guys know. Dave probably does. But I like sweeter foods. Like, not necessarily sweets, but just given a choice. Like, barbecue, for example, I like sweet rather than smoky. Um, what about like, Scott? What? What about Scott? Scott? Like smoky or peaty? This is, this is beyond my skill level. Um, anyway, Whole Foods has a really good Fuji apple. Fuji apples are awesome. They're sweet and I guess slightly crisp. They're not soft. They're not like that. They're like nice, got juicy, which is great. And of course, like I said, sweet. And for whatever reason, the Whole Foods version, I guess where they import them from is really good. So that's my good thing. I'm so excited. I got like a couple dozen yesterday. Good guys. And it's healthy. It's a good snack. Cool. Dave, what's your good thing? My good thing this week is... Did I ever have Celeste as a good thing? It's on this list, but I don't know if I've ever actually used it. If you've used it before, you are welcome to use it again. I haven't played it in so long. I'll just, uh, I'm gonna have two mini good things that Craig has already had as good things. I have those two. Um, Craig, do you know what your good thing was in the episode we released this weekend? <laughs> no. It's a, it's a video game that I recently played through. You know he doesn't know Children what. Children of Morta? <laughs> Children of Morta. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll use that, and I'm also going to say Breath of the Wild, because I've been playing the heck out of that game lately, and it's just, it's really fun to just get into and get lost and wander around, and it's like, you don't, you're far, you're, you're constantly farming rupees, but you don't realize you're farming rupees, because you're just, like, fighting stuff and picking up animal parts and meat and stuff, and the climbing's cool, and it doesn't matter how cold it is, if you brought enough apples, and... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, it's really good. It's like, if you took Shigeru Miyamoto's vision of The Legend of Zelda from way back in 1985 and took the purity of that idea into the realm of modern gaming, that's what this is. Oh, that's a very good cover. Isn't that though? What is that from? Heck if I know. I just searched Wave King's cover. I can't, right. I don't know what language that is. Oh, um, apparently it's French, a French right. cover. Oh, and it's Prelude and, um... Prologue. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't feel like rewriting it. You don't feel like being right? Well, okay, here's what happens. Also, Legion by Brandon Sanderson. I just finished the second book in that series. That was really fun. Uh, that's about a guy that hallucinates about Morgan Freeman. I mean, yeah, basically. He's a detective, and all of his, <laughs> the aspects, as he calls them, of his personality are manifest to him only as hallucinations. So he's super genius, but only when his hallucinations are there. And they have to, like, his hallucinations have to follow real world rules. Like, in one scene, 
um, someone's trying to kidnap him and she tricks his hallucinations into getting out of the car so he doesn't have them to help him out. So he's just like, doesn't have access to that information of his brain because he couldn't pretend his hallucinations keeping up with the car. He has to like hold doors open for them and he lives in a giant house by himself because each of them needs their own room. No, Alfred's there. I mean, Wilson's there. Right. He has he has one he might not live there, though. assistant. One consistent assistant. Everyone else gets fed up with him and quits. Uh, he, anytime he goes abroad, he has to order an extra plane ticket for each of his aspects. Yep. That's going along. And uh, what else? There's a, Oh, yeah. It's, it was written to be turned into a TV show, and that hasn't happened yet, clearly. But like you can you can kind of tell while you're reading it that like yeah this this scene is blocked out to be shot as a TV show. I never thought of it that way, but I do like in my head I like transitioning back and forth between Steven's perspective and the other character's perspective, where he's just like talking the thin air. Um, yeah, if if you decide to go back and reread it, um, keep an eye out for stuff that like was clearly written as a as TV show framework oh, and I, you'll, will. You'll I, still have, uh, I still have part three to read oh nice um all right so i think it's my turn and my good thing this week is the song from the witcher toss a coin to your witcher available uh, available in both original and synthwave formats uh and probably like a thousand others because it's super freaking catchy holy crap it's so catchy if you haven't heard it um, why? I was busy I, playing Breath of the Wild. I'm super behind on Witcher everything. Well, just click the YouTube videos that I posted already. It takes three minutes. You're... I liked the synthwave version that you linked us, Mike. I enjoyed it. And it only takes three minutes if you listen to the whole thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it true. Was very, can... Sorry, it was Tori. very Stranger Things and David Bowie and yeah. And honestly, you can get, like, a minute and a half, and you, you've gone through, like, the first chorus, and you're good. Um, so, Tori, what's your good thing this week? Okay, guys. Um, so, Matt's out of town, and I am renovating the garage to be a man cave as my anniversary gift to him. And I've been really busy, and I've been painting walls and moving stuff around, but today... I learned how to use a skill saw, so it's on. So that's my good thing. I can now use a skill saw. I'm gonna make nice. so many things. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make shelves and art, and it's it's just gonna be amazing, everybody. I so just, eagerly await pictures of of your progress. Oh, there's idea? gonna be pictures. He has no idea. He has no idea. He could be listening right now. Oh no. Well, uh, no, he's not. I would hope it's done within a couple months. He could be listening within a couple months. It's going to be done by Thursday. Be right, Mike, and there's going to be so many pictures. It's going to be so good. Okay. Yeah. I will make sure not to put this episode out before Thursday. Hey, future Mike. Thanks, it's Mike. already good. That date's already passed. Yay. <laughs> um, all right. So we've started a new book. And what do you mean, way? I read, sure. I read my chapters. Um, but I do want to say something before we get started here. Um, the Stormlight Archive series deals with 
real-world mental illness. Uh, many of the characters have actual mental illnesses that real people in the real world also have. Uh, let's try to be careful with our language, let's treat it with respect, and let's just be cool about it. All right? Spoiler. That's for spoiler section. I didn't encounter any such characters yet. Well, sort of. Where I, was, where I wasn't paying attention. You don't have that information yet, but yeah. Anyway, hey Dave, you read uh, a prelude and a prologue this week, right? Yeah, before I read that, I read the back cover, and uh, my first bullet point says, Our Journey and Destination, The Shards. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Moving yeah. on. They're not. Well, listen. All right. So, on the back of the book, it says, Life Before Death, Strength Before Weakness, Journey Before Destination. Yep. And Journey and Destination are capitalized. Now, yep. of course, Journey is the first word of the sentence, so in English, we would capitalize that anyway, but it's weird that Destination was capitalized. Death, Weakness were not capitalized. So, Destination is probably somebody's name. Maybe the name of one of the shards. I'm I guessing there are at least as many shards as there are shard blades. Um, the thing that, that you're overlooking here, and it's really important that you that you know this going in, uh, there's a band named Journey, and they they really they're very important to the plot. So just, just sort <laughs> of keep that front of mind. Oh, so Dave the entire theory. band of Journey are all shards. This needs to go in Dave theories. What about destination? Journey, that also reminded me of a line from Hey Arnold, where Gerald was like, the journey is a destination, and Arnold was like, you've been watching too many of your Big Brother's hippie movies. Um, actually, Dave, before you go into your chapters this week, uh, you had a little bit of an adventure getting this book, didn't you? You want to you wanna share that with the class? Yeah, in case you're listening to this episode, and you happen not to have picked up the book yet, uh, be careful because if you're getting the paperback edition, Way of Kings is broken up into part one and part two. So just uh, look at the cover image on the product that you're purchasing and make sure. I mean, you probably want to get both parts anyway, but if you're only picking up one part, you probably want to get part one first. And it may not be in the text description or anywhere, but on a tiny corner of the cover image purchasing it on certain websites that I will not implicate. That dragon looks like a hand puppet. Um, I'm sorry, I was just slipping through and I saw a cute picture of a sky eel. Oh, yeah, there's no a lot of cool stuff is. like that. <laughs> you're, I think you're really going to enjoy the the little, the, the, the extras in this one. The art, Dave Art and stuff? Yeah. Oh, man, I can totally draw a sky eel, but I'm going to draw it as a hand puppet. Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. Kermit anyway, the Sky Eel. Can we just can we just make Sky Eel hand puppets like <laughs> put it in like the shop. crap time, you guys, and then we can yes. So I'm on the shop with the with the tin mug. All right, everyone ready for the prelude? Absolutely. All yes, right, please. I just wrote down a bunch of stray thoughts and terms that all came up. Uh, here we go. Calic, thunderclast, dying is rarely pleasant. Surge Binders, Thundercats, Rainbow Sherbet Blood, Dustbringers, Kalak Does Not Want to Be Overturned, Jezri I'm sorry, Yezrian. These blades are even <laughs> better than Shard Blades. I got a 
quote, British copy of the book, and the quotes are single quotes because it's the British copy. Yezrian, or Yez for short, is centuries old. Talonel, or Town for short, died. Time for the Oath Pact to end. Aww. Kallik isn't the only one afraid of the Nightmare Realm. Sorry, Town. Get wrecked. So you were supposed to have me try to pronounce the names first. Go ahead. So you guys wait till I say some of these names. Craig, we all have absolute faith that even after hearing them correctly, you'll still get them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say Yezrian. I'm just not. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, this, this actually does bring up a thing. Um, basically, any name in a Sanderson book that starts with the letter J is pronounced with the Y sound. So, Mr. Yadith, Yezrian. Um, what about Yules? Was, was there a Jules? There was a, yes, Yules was the girl that was in love with. In Warbreaker. Remember how you didn't read it with us? Oh, yeah, Jules. She might have been Yules. Yeah, could have (laughs) been. No, I think she's legit Jules. Uh, But more importantly. If Craig thinks that, then we know what the truth is. No! (laughs) Most importantly, though, is in the Skyward books, we have a character named Jorgen, who is actually Jorgen. And thus, his call sign, correctly, is Yerkface. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I should have read it like that. Well, when I read Skyward Sword 2, I'm going to read it like that. I assume that um, girl Skyward is still going to call him Yerkface in book 2. I haven't read it yet. I don't want to spoil it for you. She's going to still use her cute nickname for him, even though they're going to like start dating or something. I don't know. All right, so, so Kalik yeah. is some guy. He's a shard uh, shard holder. He's got a shard sword and possibly a shard plate. Then there's thunder clasps, or thund- they're like thundercats, um, which is also funny because this is also kind of like thundercats in that they can summon swords to their hands. Uh, the, the dying is really pleasant, so these shard bearers can die and respawn, but they have to go through, like, centuries of torture before they respawn, and they're only brought back for these, like, little wars, I guess. Uh, so they win this war thingy, and I think there's ten shard bearers mentioned in this chapter. Like, there's the ten of them that are all part of this oath pack, and one of them died and got sent back to the spirit realm or whatever. That was Talonel. But uh, the character also calls him Talon for short. He died, so his sword respawns in the designated area. Like, if you die, then your shard blade, like, just leaves, leaves your possession and just goes and appears in this spot where they're waiting around to see if either either the people will return or the shard blades will return if the people have died. Uh, and then Kalak and Yezrian are deciding and apparently they're in accord with uh, the other seven surviving oath packs that they're, they're they're sick of this they're just gonna give on up and you know they they all agreed willingly for this oath pact and they're all gonna agree to end it except for Tom who died and has to go be tortured again so get wrecked and that's the end of the prelude all right how would you rate this in terms of stormlight archive preludes that you've read so far. Uh, is, it, is it the best? Is it the absolute worst? Are best. we somewhere in the middle? Absolute, What's up? absolute worst and best. <laughs>
Uh, do you have literally any idea what happened here? Uh, shards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty legit. That's so what there, I got from there's it. There's these uh, shard bearers that are that have sworn to protect the world from these Thundercats, and <laughs> they they get resummoned from death when the Thundercats return. Uh, whether they die or not, they're supposed to go back to the realm of torture. Uh, but Kalak survived, and he decided he didn't want to go back to the realm of torture. And Yasmin's like, "Yeah, let's." He's like, "Screw this oath pack nonsense. Let's quit." And that's the end of chapter prelude. Chapter prelude. All right. Um, I can say pretty pretty thoroughly that like none of the three of us understood what on earth was going on in this the first time we read it. Uh, potentially somewhat less so, but still still kind of cloudy the second time through. I've, I yep. feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on it now, but I, I'm also certain that I'm going to learn things in later books that will open up more stuff. There are a couple of references and terms that I just kind of read through and just assumed that I'm, I'm not going to know what this is for a while. Like Dustbringers, uh, Surge Binders, and even the Thunderclasts. Like, and I don't know why. I forget who had Rainbow Sherbet Blood, but I think... Uh, there was blood on the ground, and it, it there were a variety of colors described for it. It was Rainbow Sherbet colored. Yes, it, it was. was. specifically orange and, and green and purple and stuff. It was Sherbet. Uh, I believe it was red, orange, and violet were the ones stated. Oh, yeah, it right. was red and yellow and green and brown. And Why did no one get that? I, what? Is that the Spaceman song? No, it's Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, I thought it was that song. I was like, if you want to be a spaceman, it doesn't matter if you're black or white or red or green or yellow or red or something like that. You guys got to watch more Donny Osmond. I am not a musical theater nerd. I'm sorry. Wait, did Weber compose that or only Superstar? He did that. Yeah, that's I think he did. I tried to become oh, no, a musical theater Godspell. nerd. You did Godspell as well. Uh, I tried to become a musical theater theater nerd after falling in love with Hamilton, but I just don't like most of it. What about Guys and Dolls? What about Guys and Dolls? I oh, there's some good stuff. Out I there. like Guys and Dolls. I like Singing in the Rain. I like the like the old like ones. I even tried out I In like- the Heights, and it's not even Lynn. It's it's literally just Hamilton. I like Sweeney Todd. And I, I guess also like Disney animated musicals; those are great. Big oh, fan how of about those. Evil Dead the musical? That was hilarious. I uh, haven't seen that one. There's a splatter zone. Nice. <laughs> oh, oh, oh Spamalot! The... Spamalot was brilliant. Mike, what about the musical episode of Even Stevens? Uh, didn't really get into Even Stevens. So, so can we get back to the book? No, we're talking okay. about musicals now. That's what we do. That's the whole podcast now is musicals. Is music yeah. when is Oh, uh, let me update my when's the um the way of what's this the Stormlight musical gonna happen? The Stormlight a- acapella. I guess we'll have it. That would have to be an opera. We need oh, more time. Well, I just wanted to say before it gets away from me, uh the words because shards, that can be our tagline for this book. <laughs> Or that the entire Cosmere, yeah. yeah. We can make a t-shirt that says, Because Shard. Jake says, this is now the Even Stevens Deep Dive Podcast. 
I mean, if we're going to do that, I'd rather just do like Shia LaBeouf full career start at the beginning and, and continue on. I refuse to continue more with Transformers. The last one he was in was pretty good. And then they then they swapped out. Oh, we can talk about Holes. That's, yeah, that's a good Holes is great. So I totally ran into Shia LaBeouf at the Renaissance Fair in Oklahoma a couple of years ago. Was he dressed in an orange jumpsuit? No, he was dressed in a, a hoodie and trying to be in, in, inconspicuous. Um, they were filming something in the area, yeah, in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. I was surprised, too. I bet he was surprised to find himself in that situation. But, uh, yeah, the Renaissance Fair was going on, and he came out to have a good time, I guess, and uh, surprised a lot of locals. <laughs> that sounds entirely untrue, and yet I believe it 100%. Yeah, that actually sounds like something he would do. All right, on to the prologue. All right, 4,500 years later, time to kill something. The prologue is titled To Kill or something? Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> 4,500 years later, after um, after Talon got wrecked, Sezeth Sunsun Valano... Truthless of Shinovar. Alethi scholars are making new shard blades. Stormlight gems. Sezeth breathes on Stormlight and he is sorry. Lashing. Shard blade severs the soul. Fierce brain purple goo. Reverse lashing. Sezeth wears slippers. Shardo 2. Shardman is the king. Shoddy balcony. Parshendi and Alethi. Brother, you must find the most important words a man can say. Alright, so here we have... Wait, 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 wait. So, I pronounce his name as Zach. Sezeth. Uh, actually, Craig's got it closer. It's... Yes! Um, Zeth. yeah. Zeth. My only Zeth. victory. No, Sezeth. The, the S is mostly silent. It, it adds mostly a little bit of emphasis, but that's it. Zeth. It's like, um, it's like when a car goes by, it's like, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not its own um, syllable. So yeah, Whoa. I'm a little disappointed that Seth isn't still with us for this now. Yeah, that would have been fun. Well, that's why I have to say Seth so that you don't get them confused. Uh, we have, you know what? No, I'll get back to this once we're once we're there. So, please continue, Dave. Tell us what all those things you just said mean. Alright, so, Seth, son, son, Volano. I don't know what that... I guess there's some guy named Volano, and he's his grandson. And, I don't know. And he's a truthless? Yes, exactly that. Yes. Okay. He's a truthless, which is something, and he's from Shinovar, which is somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so, there are these, these two, are words. They mean two nations, uh, Alethi and Parshendi, they're, they're two peoples that just made a, a a pact or like a peace treaty or something. But apparently the Alethi have hired Seth to assassinate uh, the king of Parshendi. And that's what he's here to do. He is a shard bearer. Of the other way around. He's the the, king, the king's supposed to assassinate Parshendi? No! Wait, yeah, the king's... He's the Alethi king. Oh, he's the Alethi king. Yeah. Oh, right, that's right, okay, because the Alethis are the scholars that are making new shard blades, if the rumors are true. Uh, so, 
they uh, have these uh, gems that exude stormlight. Uh, they wear them as jewelry. They have torches made out of them and stuff, which is really dumb. That's like the end boss put in a save point in his dungeon. <laughs> why do? You, why would you give the your enemy the tools to fight you right outside of your chambers? Do you want an actual answer? Well. I guess obviously the king also is a shard bearer, so he can also use it. No, no, Craig. We have we have a, a convention. Questions he asks during those are I'm amusing not to himself. Him. I wasn't real questions him. come at the end. Don't worry. Okay. I'm just I'm just curious if he's asking real questions or if he's just talking to himself. I mean, it might just be like a sign of wealth uh, since they're also using them as jewelry and stuff. But anyway, so Suzeth so has this this power from being a shard bearer. He can breathe in the energy from these stormlight gems and torches, whatever stormlight is, I don't know. But if it's ac- the actual light or if it's like a type of gem or whatever. But he he breathes them in and I, I think if I got this right, as long as he's holding his breath, he can use their power but once he exhales, he loses it. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, mostly. Okay. Fine. So he has this uh, ability called lashing, and there are three different types of lashing. There's simple lashing, which turns him into David Bowie from the MC Escher scene in Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I, I kind of missed if the second one was he basically, so he can change his perspective on where gravity is, you know, for him specifically. And I think the second type is he can do the same for other people and objects. Is that the second type? Or was that something completely different that I that I missed? Because I was reading it at midnight last night after working, then had to get up tomorrow morning, which is today. Uh, is, that, is that the second type of lashing? Is uh, no, that's just another way of using the first type of lashing. Okay, but uh, the maybe... lashings are you adjust the way down is for yourself or someone or something else. That uh, simple lashing. The second one is that you stick something to something else. Okay, and the third type is like inside-out lashing. Basically, you turn something into a black hole. Right. It starts sucking everything in around it. It just it increases the gravitational pull of that thing. So yep. that like small things like arrows or crossbow bolts will fly toward it more and things are near it less. It's like iron pulling, but for everything. Yeah, more or less. Not nearly as strong, though. Okay. Uh, so we also learn a little bit about these shard blades. So you can chop off the nerval connection to a limb. So, like, if I shard bladed you in the arm, you would just, like, your arm would go limp and you would lose use of that arm for the rest of your life. And there's no way to cure it as far as we know. But if you, uh, if your shard blade comes in contact with someone's spinal cord, it, severs that person's soul from their body. Yeah. Uh, there's is, also this purple there's this purple goo stuff called Fearsprin. I don't remember what the significance of that was, but it was there. And we learned about the reverse slashing, which is the black hole thing. And Suzeth wears slippers, which is more footwear than Kelsier wore, so <laughs> got one up on him there. Got him. And then another shard bear comes up, and this dude's wearing shard plate, so he he cannot be affected by Suzeth's lashing. He's because uh, he's wearing the shard plate. Now, he isn't. He doesn't get as much use out of his other stormlight powers because he's wearing the shard plate. So it's kind of a trade off there. It's like if you're wearing heavy armor, then 
you you're not going to be as good at casting spells. He has plus eight to his AC. Yeah, and a minus ten armor check penalty to whenever he casts a spell with somatic components. True. All right. So that's just shard O two. And at first, Seth thinks that thinks that this is a a guard, so he tries to distract him and get past him and go into the king's chambers. Then he's like, "Wait a second. And he realizes that Shardo is the king, so he goes back to fight him. Uh, they go and they fight, and then after the king ends up under a balcony or something, and Seth uh, uses his lashing on the balcony, and he can stack multiple lashings onto something to basically make them heavier, so that the weight of the balcony can no longer be supported. The balcony falls on top of the king, and Pufo, he's dead. And the he king in the puff of smoke. No, he has these dying words, and he tells uh, Seth that he must pass on this message to King's brother. Brother, you must find the most important words a man can say. And what are the wor- most important words a man can say? I love you. Okay. All right, that That's actually answers the words the, uh, the question that um, who was it, Jake? Yeah, that, yeah that's Jake, the yeah. question Jake was asking. Yeah, the most important words. I love you. Obviously. What more important thing can a man say? So, is that it? Uh, that's the end of the prologue. And okay. this, the king's a shard bearer, so I have a feeling we're going to see him again. So, we did get a little After bit... After a hundred years of torture. We did get a little bit of the magic system in, in this book, what'd you think? Pretty cool. Okay. Uh, in fact, we got significantly more of this magic system than we generally get, uh, or have gotten, I suppose, in other books um, at this point. So this, this I believe, shows that Brandon um, is has, has started trusting that his readers, you know, will be able to follow along if they get everything dumped on them at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so far, I don't like it as much as Allomancy. Uh, but we'll see as the book goes on. The one thing that I really like about Allomancy and Mistborn series in general was it gave me room to consider the magic system and try to figure out implications and theorize on things. Like it, it left enough out of the picture that I could try to extrapolate what we were going to learn next and so forth. Like how many metals are there? What does such and such metal and alloy going to do? Uh, so we'll see if I get that kind of opportunity with Slumlight Archive. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Kingo's, so Kingo dies, so his, uh, his shard blade puffs back out, back up into the air. And, but, you know, he's a shard bear, so he's probably gonna go back to the torture zone. Alright, so let me, let me, I guess, reassure you that there's so much to, uh, hypothesize about in this, in this series. Yeah. Holy crap. And you don't even know all the answers yet. Exactly. We only have three of the books. And you have about a 20th of one of the books. Oh man, Dave's catching up to us. I know, right? Um, Alright, so do you guys have any questions? Actually, first, Dave, do you have any questions for us? Do you want anything explained more than it has been with the possibility that we'll tell you no? Is the Sherbet Blood one being's blood that's Multicolor, or is it multiple creatures' blood? Multiple creatures. Multiple creatures. Uh, that's less interesting. But it is pretty interesting that some people have purple blood. Uh, 
Not really. Okay. I, I will. I will also point out that I, I do know some of the other book titles. Like there's Oathbinder or Oathbringer. 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 Which either that was brought up or the the Oath Pact was brought up. So I assume that that's related. And also there's a one of the books is called Words of Radiance, and there were radiant mentioned. So I wonder if that has something to do with that. But that's I all I wonder. Those are indeed similar words. All right, let's let's kick Dave off. We got some stuff to talk about. Oh boy, do we! Uh, uh, I don't know about right. that. Anyone have anything last minute for Dave? Or Dave, do you have anything last minute for us? Nope. Okay, bye, Dave. Yep. So long, Dave. And Dave's gone. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Yay! Yay! So, (laughs) holy crap. Oh, there's so much in this. And just in these these two sections, oh my... Ah! Okay, so real quick, real quick. Uh, I didn't want to point it out, but it looks like Dave was getting confused by the people in the prelude. They are the heralds. Um, they have honor blades, not shard blades. Uh, and they are the ones who can go poof and go back into the nightmare, torture realm, etc. And of course, Gavilar just has a shard blade, which we're familiar with as readers of the series. I'm totally okay like, with, with Dave continuing to be wrong about that for as long right, as I it takes the book anything, to fix it. But... But I, I, because I did not read the prelude this time yet, um, I'm not sure if it actually called them Honor Blades or not, so I didn't want to say anything. No, it just said that they were better than Shard Blades. Oh, okay. It'll make sense as he continues to read it once he, he actually, because we will learn not too long in it, because I think Adelin is a, he's a viewpoint character, right? Ooh. Oh, maybe he's not. Yes, in this book, but it, I think it takes a while to get. Like yeah. he's a super minor viewpoint character. Like most of right. most he of the stuff with Adeline in it is Dalinar. Um, either way, we'll get to learn more about sharp blades and sharp plates from there. Um, oh, uh, the the different colored blood thing that Dave paid attention to—that's going to be very important in this book, and that's fun. Is it about the Parshendi? Yeah. Like I'm not sure what he exactly he was. Uh, there's. There's a point where there's like where Kellic Kellic I can't even remember the name Kellic? of the herald. Anyway, uh, he was Kellic? you know yeah looking at the battlefield and hey there's some some of the people here are human some of the people here aren't. Look at all the blood. There's red. There's orange. There's violet. And that's yep. that is important at the end to finding out that the the parchment are void bringers. Well, is, no. As far as they're concerned at this point, yes. Hey, we're in spoiler town. We can get it right. All right. The humans are void bringers, but the parchment are also void bringers as far as legend goes. Everybody's a void bringer. Everyone sucks. No one's right. Oh, the Shin might be right, but they're also very wrong. The Shin are huge jerks by the present day. <laughs> they are. Uh... Um, all right. So one thing I definitely do want to get into is the rumor about the Alethi being able to create new shard blades. Craig or Tori, do you guys know where that came from? Because I've got, I've got something. No. Um, 
Maybe that's Nightblood showing up. Nope, nah, that's the show up until words are radio. Uh, that's the uh, the the secret society that Gavilar and 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 his folks were part of, uh, who right. were trying to bring back the Voidbringers in order to bring back the Radiance to create yep. new shards. Oh, so that's specifically about them. Correct. Like that was that was their whole plan. Like right, right. Um, the black glowing jewel that Gavilar drops is almost certainly um, holding one of the unmade. God, I need to refresh myself on the vocabulary in this series. Yeah, that's what I thought also. Uh, wow, which, okay, guys. Which Gavilar Next was likely year. going to release to give the Parshendi back their gods to start a new desolation. And The yeah. Black Sphere has a copper mine entry uh, that specifically links when Thank you, Fel Knight. Sons of Honor is the is that specific secret society, and holy crap, there are about a billion secret societies on Roshar, aren't there? There are. There's so many. I don't even know who's on which side. Um, but yeah, there's speculation because it's not even confirmed. It's speculation that that sphere contained, like you said, either void light or an unmade. Uh, I find it most likely to be an unmade, considering that we do we do find out Gavilar's plan later and why the Parshendi turned on them or turned on him and had him assassinated. Right. I believe that go we learned that in the prologue to Oathbringer, I wanna say. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting in the prologues of each of the books, we come back to this scene and we see it from a different perspective. Oh, and hey, do you guys have a uh, radiant or not a radiant count, a herald count uh in the prologue here? Because I'm up to four. Oh god. I have like I I need to read it, but I know they're there. Are there names actually mentioned that you can see them in the prologue? Uh, mentioned, no. Uh, but we have the guy with the the crescent moon scar and his alethi looking friend, who are I'm totally good. God, I'm bad at this. Uh, here, let me just pull up the copper mind on heralds. Yeah, you need to just pull up the entry on. <laughs> Give me a list so I can have names to pull from, so I can actually remember things. Nail. And Kalak uh, were were there talking to someone. Uh, I think. Good God, I can't remember anyone's name in this. Elokar, the the son of the king. Yes, Elokar. Um, and then Yezrian is the drunk guy who asks, "Have you seen me?" And then finally, the statue of Shalash is gone, meaning that she was there very recently. If she isn't mm, there sure. right then. Yeah. So yeah, four heralds all there during the prologue. At least four. There, there might even be more. We don't know yet. But but those are the ones we have evidence of. Um, I believe Ishar definitely wasn't there because we overhear um, Kalak and Nail talking in I want to say the words of Radiance prologue, and they're talking about him like he isn't there. So he's almost certainly not there. Talonol definitely isn't there. He's still getting tortured. And... Apparently, Ishar is ruling Tukar. Oh, is he the, the one being... Uh, yeah, he is. He is the god priest. Okay. So that would be why he's not there, I see. Yeah, he's he's off in one of the, uh, the Makabaki kingdoms being a god king. And gets really, really mad when, uh, when Dalinar and company actually make their way to Urithiru and 
and start things back up there. Graves says one of the heralds is being a beggar in the prologue. Yep, Yezrian. The drunk guy who asked, have you seen me? Hmm. And he gets killed by Moash in Oathbringer. And is yet another reason why the why there is a subreddit called r slash f moash. <laughs> Among many reasons, that's yeah. just one of the most recent. Wait, Fel Knight is saying that Yasna soul casts away the statue in in the Words of Radiance prologue. I don't remember her doing that, but I believe Fel Knight knows more about this than I do, so I'll take him at his word. All right, so what 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 else did we want to discuss? All right, so we're down to three heralds. Um, I mean, we could go into secret societies, the Sons of Honor. Uh, Amaram, Amaram's here. Oh, yes, he is. That's because he's working with Gavilar, isn't he? Yeah, uh, who is also... I think there are Sons of Honor. Uh, but Amaram is also doing something with the Storm Wardens. Like, they're, they're, they're kind of their own thing, but they're also... Involved in various secret plots. Like, this scene, this prologue is super important to everything that's going to happen. You see it from multiple perspectives. The heralds, for the most part, are here, along with some other characters that we're going to find out about later. This is a big deal. Huh. We have, on the on the Coppermine page, we have, like, likely locations for various heralds. And apparently there's two of them in Carbranth. And I did not catch literally anything on any of them. So, gonna have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, the thing is, I don't know much about the Herald. Well, we mostly don't get anything about the Heralds. Right, except for mail, essentially, because of um, Lyft's side story. And Town, where apparently he's gonna get a lot more focus in the in the back five. Yeah. Uh, which, hey, how about Town holding up to torture for four and a half thousand Dude, years he was the best of them and i think they were talking about he was the only one who wasn't supposed to be a herald and yet he's also the best like he is legit the one who takes it seriously to protect uh he was the only one that wasn't like a royal at the right. time right he just sort so. of showed up like uh like tommy lee jones in in the backstory of men in black so you have to understand the reason there was 4,500 years is because town is so good and nearly impossible to break. Yeah, let's let's talk about desolations. So long. Okay, so the deal with the Oath Pact is that these 10 people get these swords, they get special powers, and they're supposed to lead humanity against the desolations over and over and over again. Yes. And once they've won that specific desolation... Anyone who didn't die voluntarily goes back to be hunted down and tortured until one of them gives in. Yes. At first, this went fairly well. Like, there were long stretches of time between desolations. The, the heralds were able to hold out to the torture pretty well. But as time went on, and this kept repeating, um, various of the heralds, and it wasn't like the same person every time, it, it, would, it would just be... One of them Not, would give in. Never, never tell. Him. Never tell. Uh, but just one of them would give in, and that would be enough to start a new desolation, where the heralds would be sent back uh, a little bit ahead of time to start getting humanity ready, and then the desolation would start. Yeah. Um, and like by the end, 
And it's it, super interesting what happens when they come back, too. They don't know the current technological level of humanity. They're like, we're going to teach you how to make swords if you don't know how to yet. We're going to, you know, get this stuff together in order to fight against, you know, whatever's happening during the desolation. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, by the end, it was, it was way shorter amounts of time. Like, I want to say the time between the second to last and the last desolations was like 10 years. So most of humanity was dead and had no time to recover. Right. And then, like, by the end of the last desolation, it was something like 90% of all humans were dead. And, and like, there was no civilization. There's one king. Like, like, there's nothing to rebuild from, and they still manage it because, you know, these nine decided not to go back, Tom did go back, which was enough to keep the Oath Pack going, and he just did not give in. And so, shoutouts to Tom. Well done, buddy. Alright, so, reading from the Copper Mine here, the first desolation is when humanity invaded Roshar. They were giving the small land, probably around Shinovar. They didn't like it. It wasn't enough. We, we hear all about this in Oathbringer. And eventually there is a conflict. So that is actually the first desolation, which is caused by humanity. Um, and then there's Odium does certain things to the, to the, uh, to create the fuse, which are the, the singers that could not be killed. And so humanity, namely the heralds, form the Oath Pack as a solution to this problem. In order to essentially keep these uh, these fuse from running them up. Oh, and apparently nobody involved uh, in like none of Odium didn't, uh, Honor didn't, none of the heralds did did, none of the fuse did. Like ever watched Battlestar Galactica to find out that getting killed over and over and over and over and over again is really really bad for your mental state of mind. <laughs> Just like super bad. If they so, just, I, mean, I, I just want to read from the wiki, the copper mine wiki, real quick. Um, Ishar and the other nine people that would become heralds made a pact with honor to seal the fuse on Braze, which is one of the other planets that you can see. Uh, Town was not originally meant to join the heralds, but somehow became part of the group. The heralds thought the oath pact would end the endless war, but because they are human, there was a loophole. The heralds had the ability to bend their oath and let the fused return to Roshar, starting a desolation. So, knowing this loophole, the fused captured and tortured the herald. So, I don't think the torture was necessarily a part of the oath pack. It just that's what happened because of the the loophole. Sure, and yeah, that eventually became sort of standard practice. Was they go back to Braze, they hide out for as long as they can, and then torture time. Um, I'm actually kind of good on stuff. Uh, Craig, you got anything else? Tori, you got anything else? Oh, I have something. Uh, it is really neat. In the Coppermine entry for Order of Windrunners, uh, I don't, this must come from word of Brandon, but using a combination of adhesion and gravitation, a Windrunner could theoretically exit orbit of the planet. Like, that's cool. That is cool. I mean, yeah, you can, you just, you turn oh, gravity in a, in another direction, and then you turn off friction and zoom. Right. I think there's some technicalities there once we get beyond the far enough away from the planet. But uh, and if you have enough stormlight, 
then, you know, cosmic radiation isn't going to kill you. Not being able to breathe isn't going to kill you. Pressure isn't going to kill you. Like, you're good. That reminds me, I was not going to answer Dave about why, you know, the the gens are just chilling around with the stormlight in them. uh, Because it's sort of a major point that no one knows how to use these for the most part. I mean, you can use them in devices. They know about that. But what what Seth is doing is unique because he has an honor blade at this point. Uh, specifically, the honor blade. I think it's the Windrunner honor blade. Yeah, it's um, Gezrian's honor blade. So, yeah, what he can do is not usual. It's not something people would be familiar with because typically the blades are in Shinovar and they're just used there. This is very unusual. I wasn't going to answer Dave because it's a huge plot point, so don't worry about it. And it it would it would uh, correct him on his assumption that everyone with a shard blade can do this, right? Exactly, which is not true at all because honor blade and shard blade are different things. But he'll he'll figure out that something weird is going on sooner rather than later. Just as a recap, we got honor blades, which give some type of surge binding based on what the honor blade is. Uh, we have shard blades, which are sprint molded into a thing that's like the Honor Blades. And then we have Nightblood, who was made to be like a Shardblade. Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, like a, like a robot Spren. Robot. Oh, hey, now, uh, let's also not talk about Spren with Dave. He'll, he'll learn very quickly what Spren are. Right, but let's, let's not explain things ahead of time to him. And if he yeah, asks, not, he wasn't going to explain a thing. I just want him to say stuff. So it'll go in Dave theory, and then we'll just laugh about it later. Well, Nightblood, maybe he was made to be more like an Honor Blade rather than a Shard Blade. But either way, Vasher and Co. were trying to recreate something like that. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, all I really had. There is a lot to unpack, but unfortunately, we're just going to have to talk about this in the future as we review this prologue in each of the future books. We get a little bit more each time. Oh, um, I had one thing, and it's gone. I just, I just went blank. Oh, uh, there are people around who can surge bind without uh, honor blades. They're the the Order of the Skybreakers still around, still still functional. That's true because Nail is training them. Yep, they're the they only are, ones who stuck around. They're magic cops. <laughs> but they also are hunting other radi- at least at this point. Well, at least in the once we actually start Way of Kings proper. At that point, they're busy trying to kill other potential radiants, which sucks. Right, and, and aren't they doing all that in secret? Kind of like the men in black? Yeah. Somewhat like that. Um, although I would say that rather than magic cops, it's more magic judge dread. So yeah, why, th- there's a Reddit for, you know, screw Moash, but there should also be one for screw Nail. He killed that cobbler. I feel so bad for that cobbler. He just that wanted to That poor cobbler. Um, there, there is another really good Although, oh, uh, God, Stormlight. Um, Elhokar gets killed by Moash, and he was about to say the words. Yep. Dude, I was so numb reading that part. I'm like, this is this really happening? Is this is this real? Did this actually this actually happen? They killed off Elhokar. Moash. Um. So yeah, there's another really good. Uh, Stormlight subreddit of r slash creme posting, which is oh yes, that is good. It's just wonderful. I'm a big fan. All right, I think we can end it here. 
I'm, I'm I pretty just wanted to say that reading over the uh, prologue again, I was so impressed with this fight scene. I'm just so impressed with it. Like, the first time you read it, yeah, it's a little confusing because what's going on? But once you understand how the magic system works and you can see what Zeph is doing, it's dang, just... I do remember the first time I, I read it when he stuck the guard to the ceiling and then just held the spear under him <laughs> and waited for gravity to kick back in. I was right. like, oh my gosh, this is hardcore. Oh, yeah, so, so imagine imagine what Zeph is now I'm sorry to say it. Seth is doing here. And imagine what Kaladin starts doing. Like like Zeph has trained with this honor blade, but Kaladin is a wind runner. So imagine everything Zeth can do and it's like multiplied by ten. Paladin is just natural at it. So cool. Uh when I read the the chapters uh for this, I actually I stopped where Zeth um started murdering guards and just skipped to the end because I know how the magic system works and I've I've read this fight scene like a dozen times already. There's not oh. really anything new there for me. I think Dave does have a point. In general, I believe the magic systems in Mistborn make a lot more sense. And I think they're they're written to be that way for the readers to make certain deductions and figure out where things are going. So unfortunately, he's not really... He's going to get more information here than we did with Awakening and with uh, the Aeon Door. But it's not at the Mistborn level either. Uh, so if and, he... and I think it's just because there's so many books left. I think we're getting more and more information about how surge binding works. Um, well, also there's more permutations. Right. Oh, just, absolutely. You know, in, in in Mistborn, there were only the they only knew about the eight basic metals for the longest time, and right. here you've got the you know every bit all of the um, there's ten radiant get and... two. And then, so there's different combinations, and yeah, it's yeah they have they have mathematically just a lot. Each order has two combinations of the basic surge binding abilities, and due to that combination, you also have this uh, special effect based on the com what the combination is. Plus, then you have the void bringers, I think they're called, and they have their own set of surges, and it's just like okay, sure, there's a lot, but it's fun. Uh, so, as far as world hoppers go, um, I think after the interlude at the Pure Lake, we should tell him who those three are if he doesn't figure it out. He, he definitely won't get Bayon, because how on earth could he? Um, and then we shouldn't tell him about Vasher if he doesn't figure it out until the end of the book. Okay, I'll let you do the gut, because I honestly didn't know about Vasher until I think when I was reading the Coppermine entry sometime afterwards of Radiance? Yeah, same. But like rereading it, it's so obvious. Oh my god, it's so obvious. He, I don't, th I don't think we should tell him about Zehel at all. For I mean, a while. like after not the book. even in this book. Because no, like, then the question is, why is Vasher here? After at the end of Words of Radiance, we get Nightblood. Get his hopes up that Nightblood's gonna pop. Let's just chill. Nightblood pops up at the end of Words of Radiance. I know. I'm saying let's wait until after that when we'll mention. Oh, Vasher has been here the whole time. That's what I'm saying. Vasher doesn't show up until Words of Radiance, dude. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if he's in this book or not. But my point is, yes, let's wait until after Words of Radiance. Because just reading that line, 
about do you want to kill some evil today? It's like so good. You're so arguing good. with me about the thing I'm but it, ah I'm not arguing, I'm agreeing with you. Now that you understand that we're talking about the same thing, yes. Sorry here, she's with me. Right, Tori. I'm I'm actually with both of you because you're arguing the same thing. <laughs> um right. So yeah, we we can tell him who the other world hoppers are after we get to their interview. Uh we should also lie about Aloysius being an Oathbringer. Okay. Oh sure. please can we? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> That's that seems like the right thing to do. Like both morally and ethically and from a comedy point of view. We yeah, should just on the side mention the Aloysius cameo and then be like, oh wait, sorry, spoiler. Uh, um, Aloysius is the is the uh, the squirrel from Warbreaker. We named him Aloysius. So, so there is a point that we shouldn't mention about Wit being Hoyd because I think I think Wit at some point says his name is Hoyd. Yeah, it, it's near the end of him. this book. Yeah, we don't need to tell him that's Hoyd. Wit will take care of it himself. And Dave may not pick up on it just because Hoyd hasn't really had any sort of personality previous to this book, so. Yeah, I think it'll make more sense for him after this book, like that Hoyt is a a big deal for some weird reason. And why we like him. Well, some of us might like him. I don't think I like him. I'm with Kelsey. I like I like Wit in this in these books. I like yeah, Wit a oh, lot yeah. in these Wit, books. Wit is fun. He's a fun character, but I don't necessarily think I trust him. I mean, you you shouldn't, and he would tell you that, <laughs> and you would trust him more because of it. So, all right, I think I think we're good here. Tori, did you have yet another final thing? Nope, that was it. Okie doke. Uh, Craig, I'm not even going to ask you. You talked a lot. Thanks. Okay, I'm actually asking you. Do you have anything else, Craig? No. All right, then so long, Internet. Bye. Good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made-Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.